Welcome to Leverage Masters, airing weekly on Tuesdays at 12 Eastern and on demand on iTunes and Blog Talk Radio. Leverage Masters hosts Jack Humphrey and Gina Gaudio-Graves discuss leverage strategy with guest leveragists. Be sure to subscribe to Leverage Masters in your favorite podcatcher for great tips and case studies on using leverage to achieve your biggest goals much faster. Well, welcome everyone to another episode of Leverage Masters. I am your co-host, Gina Gaudio-Graves, the co-founder of TheLeveragists.com and Divisio.com, the all-new leverage platform for companies doing good. We have a fantastic show lined up for you guys today, one that I've certainly been looking forward to for a few weeks now. We have my all-around partner in crime, Jack Humphrey, joining us. Hello, Jack. Howdy, how are you today? I am good. Is it a glorious day in southern Indiana? It is. Uh, I just escaped a little bit of rain on my walk. I'm charmed. I guess uh, I'll never get to use that umbrella that I carry because it just won't rain on me. <laughs> and uh, and then it cleared up. It's nice and beautiful out there. Did you get a chance to see the eclipse yesterday? We did. Uh Sort of non. I mean, it was all right. We we had no idea it could still be so bright with nine percent of the sun showing. Right. But it was. You could still grow crops. Probably grow weird crops, but we could have grown crops under a sun <laughs> like that. Cooled off a lot. That was pretty cool. Well, the sky got so eerie here in South Florida. Was it an eerie color over there too? Yeah. I mean, you know, the color of Indiana is just, it's default eerie. But, yeah, it was <laughs> eerier. <laughs> well, we have got a great show lined up for everybody today. I will let you do the honors of telling everybody who our guest is, Jack. He is Art Geyser. He's the creator of Energetic NLP. Energetic NLP combines the best of neuro-linguistic programming with spiritual principles, transformative energy work, and intuition development. Art enables entrepreneurs to be more successful by creating, uh, by removing unconscious energetic and spiritual blocks to success and creating whole being permission. Whole being permission, permission is when your conscious mind, unconscious mind, body, soul, and spirit are aligned. And you can learn more about Art uh, at energeticnlp.com. Art, welcome to Leverage Masters. Well, welcome. I'm glad to be here. And I, I'm such a, a, a suburb city boy, I laughed when you said you, you could still grow crops, because that was about the last thing that would have occurred to me. So I, I really enjoyed that. That's great. <laughs> I'm weird. You'll find out so much about how weird I am during this hour. So, you know, I hope you have a seatbelt on. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, I was thinking that I was weird because you can't get more basic than crops. So, actually, I really enjoyed oh, it. Now, like, see, that, oh, right. <laughs> that just totally challenges me. Let's let's have a weird off today. We'll see who's weirder. Yeah. Okay. So, okay. well, we start off with a really weird question. We uh, we heard about your bio and everything, but everybody gets to know that. We want to know more at Leverage Masters. We 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 know our listeners demand to know more, all the inside juicy stuff. So, what is actually getting you out of bed in the morning right now? What's your one big burning desire to wake up every day at this moment? Hmm. Um. For me. Life is like a, a quest and an adventure and exploration. So every day it's, it, you know, I'm looking at both. How can I evolve? How can I grow? How can I help people and, and um, be happier and more successful? How can I have more fun? I'm, I'm always just sort of looking for what's the next step. And and I don't mean that I, I, I'm very happy with where I am in my life, um, but it's just, that's my natural um uh to me it's sort of like well how far can i go and how how much good can i do and how much fun can i have to be honest <laughs> so it's all of those no yeah i actually get that i get that waking up and no, wanting to know what's next and i said that was very mm-hmm. dog like i know dogs not cats but dogs i love 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 and 
I try to emulate mine as much as possible. He seems to be very have a very healthy attitude toward life, and he's got that what's, mm. what's next thing going on too. And I've been oh, trying nice. to adopt that. Well, it's not really hard. I mean, you get swept up in that energy. So I imagine that you do the same thing with humans. Is people get swept up in your energy for that what nextness? What's nextness? Is that uh, is that true? Uh, that's exactly what people tell me, and, and part of what's different about my work is um, I like it. I like it to be light. I like it to be fun. Um, even though I do deep transformative work with people and, and we work with really important issues, I was taught years ago. And I believe that, you know, if you can bring a certain spiritual joy, a certain amusement about everything, um, it, it just works so much better. I, I, you know, there's wonderful systems out there that are all about being serious and concentrating and working hard. And, and that's great. And mine's kind of the opposite. It's about um, being joyous, letting things flow, and, and doing the work, really doing the work, but, but trying to more play with it than, than struggle through it. Well, don't you get a lot more work done when you're playing or it's a playful feeling? I mean, I've always looked back on times that felt like that, and the work that was accomplished and been amazed compared to times mm-hmm. where I'm like, ah, I'm working, here I am working. I never get that much done when I feel like that. Yeah, yeah I'll, I'll resist that. And the, in the, in the, in the ironic thing, and I think a lot of the people listening can relate to this, is sometimes, oh, I have to do this, and I'm you know, forcing myself and working really hard, and then I'll go, you know, actually I enjoy this, so how is it that I'm, I'm turning this into something uncomfortable when I'm forcing myself to do, I mean, you know, your listeners are entrepreneurs and people in business, and so much of what we do is what we've created and we wanted to do, and yet we can get into that mindset of have to do. And, and you know, it reminds me of like when you hear about some professional musicians, and I, I know it's not true for all of them, but they can get so in the grind that they stop enjoying their own music. You know, they have to get back to going, I, I'm doing this because I love it. And I think that's a challenge for a lot of us. It's certainly a challenge for me yeah. at times. Well, that's kind of a double-edged sword. I'm going to play devil's advocate here, but I've noticed okay. that it's a double-edged sword. When you're aware of the fact that it, when you've decided you know what you love, you know what you would love to do, it, mm-hmm. it's really hard to also have to do other things when you've made that decision uh, your, your brain goes or something goes, wow, why aren't we doing this all the time? And while we're not doing it by doing something else that is a have-to-do situation, I want to make you feel mm-hmm. miserable the whole time doing that work <laughs> because what about people who are transitioning who don't have their, I'm doing 100% of what I love right now and there's not a thing I do in my day that isn't something that I love. Most people are somewhere in between, aren't they? How do you help people in that situation? Namely me. I'm really truly asking for me. (laughs) Uh, That's a good question. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And um, if I can give a little story about that. I was always, um, my father was one of the early computer guys. He was an electrical engineer. And I was brought up just, you know, you buy a car because it's a good machine and it's practical and it doesn't matter what it looks like or any of that stuff. And Years ago, I, I decided to go completely against my character and buy a you know a spiffier little car, um, uh, you know that. Then and, I, and then I, my father's been dead a long time, but I'm, I could just hear my father going, "What are you doing?" But um, um, which was one of the reasons I did it. But but um, and, and I love my my car. I mean, I still have it years later, and it, it's it's still beautiful and it's fun to drive. Um, but I I used to hate washing it. And, you know, of course, you know, you can take it somewhere to get it washed, but actually I hated that too. <laughs> and um, it just seemed like a waste of time. And a friend of mine one time went, you, know, you have this beautiful car, you know, you could wash it and, and do it because you're, you're grateful and, you, and you're, what a wonderful thing that you have this car that needs to be washed. So I think a lot of it, and it's not about conning ourselves, but of course, in anything we do in life, there's the aspects of it that in order to do what we love, most of us have to do a number, lots of things that are just part of making that happen but aren't the part that we love. 
So maybe you hate networking, but it's important to go meet people. Um, in the, the key is to find an authentic way to find joy in that too, or at least um, some pleasure in it and taking it. So like I say with the cars, I think a good example, I mean, what kind of spoiled brat goes, Oh, I have this beautiful car and Oh, I have to wash it. What a burden. I mean, you know, <laughs> can you get more spoiled than that? So a lot of it, I think is examining a lot of what NLP is about neurolinguistic programming and the spiritual energy work I do is, is getting out of our habitual ways of looking at things and can we look at them differently in a way that's empowering? Now, now for your listeners, of course, you know, when you get to the point where you can pay people to do everything that you don't want to do, or at least a lot of it, that's fantastic. And most of us either aren't there or have to get there. And so then it's finding like the joy and, and the joy comes from what you're creating as a possibility. You're creating that, that opportunity to do the work you love. Uh, you know, how does that sit with you? That's good. I like it because it's practical and not too pie in the sky. You're not a pie in the sky guy, I can tell. And I like that kind of an answer because it's a lot more feasible. It seems a lot more doable, <laughs> you know, because some people are just like, well, you're just going to have to upend everything you look at as far as your spirituality. And <laughs> I mean, mm-hmm. like it gets overwhelming. It's like, let me just go back to dealing oh, yeah. with the problem the way I was, because that's a hell of a lot easier than what you just proposed. And I'll just go be miserable some of the time, and I'll be happy with the rest of the stuff I do until I figure this out. But I like that. I mean, it's uh, it's true. I, I kind of just got redirected um, before this call when I was looking at some things that I don't like to do, but what they represent as a whole, mm-hmm. the parts that I don't like to do, uh, the parts, they're parts of really big things. Like, mm-hmm. I should be like a car, like a really nice car. And I am kind of complaining about having to wash this really nice car. <laughs> that's exactly kind of what I'm doing here. <laughs> so that's a, that was good. I like that. If I can give one other example, I, I used to hate grocery shopping. I'm, I'm not sure why, but I did. And there was a time when I had a number of clients from the Soviet Union. I mean, one came here with absolutely nothing and two young boys and a wife and you know, started a tech company that he sold, you know, 11 years later for 80, 90 million dollars. Um, but, and, and, and I, I started working with a number of, of Russians and, and this was during the Soviet Union when things were really bad in Russia and um, in terms of economics. And, uh, and here I'm hating to go to the grocery store and, one of my Russian clients, his sister came and visited from the Soviet Union. And I think that they were in Ohio and they went to a, and she was used to waiting eight hours in line to get a, a lump of horrible cheese. And they took her into a Kroger supermarket and she sees the 30 imported cheeses and she just started crying. And, um, uh, and the next time I went in the grocery store, I was thinking, oh, I hate grocery shopping. And I looked around at all this food, and I thought, could you get more spoiled than that? It's like I'm surrounded by food, and I'm complaining that I have to come to this place yeah. to get a phenomenal selection of, of great foods. So, uh, you know, you, I, I am extremely practical, which is unusual in my field because I'm talking about chakras and auras and the spirit and energy work, but um, uh, my slogan is energetic NLP bridges spirituality with real world results. So uh, let me explain a little bit about my background. Say I was raised by my father was like in charge of the second mainframe computer and commercial operation. I I wanted to be a scientist when I grew up. I ended up um, working at the University of California Medical School in San Francisco managing a research lab where we were uh, looking at how estrogen and progesterone affect the tissues in a woman's body. And I did that for 11 years. I, I, I've done a lot of corporate consulting with, you know, Fortune 50, Fortune 100 companies on leadership and team development. So I have a very logical, practical side, but I'm also totally into the, the mystical, the spiritual. And, and I believe that part of my life mission is to show that they're not really separate and to bring them together. And, and it's not 
oh, you can be logical or you can be woo woo, that it that it that it all fits together. And so um, that that's really a cornerstone of my work. And it always has yeah. to <clears throat> make a difference. You know, if it doesn't make a difference in people's lives, then it's like, well, why bother? <laughs> For you know, in terms of my work. Yeah. Well, I, yeah. Isn't it funny how we'll, so, so many people will spend their lives pretending to be what they're not, uh, either mm-hmm. vertently or inadvertently. But they—I don't think "vertently" is a word, but it should be because I use it all the time. But it's, I like it. If we're we, we are uh, whether we know we are what we are or not doesn't mean we're mm-hmm. not. Doesn't mean that we don't. I mean, <laughs> you know. So a lot of times, I used to be the biggest. I used to be a lot of things, man, that I'm not now. I just kind of took a really flash inventory of all the things I used to be and think I thought I was and everything. It uh-huh. hit me kind of hard. But one of the things was I would make fun of woo-woo people all the time. I'd call them woo-woo people, and I was like, oh, that's woo-woo. And uh, one of my favorite quotes from one of my favorite authors, Edward Abbey, uh, it was <laughs> mm. said to take a, take a metaphysician outside and throw a rock at his head, and if he ducks, he's a liar. And I, was, I just was proud of knowing that quote and making people laugh at it uncomfortably sometimes because I only wanted to use it in the wrong crowd. I, it wasn't any good with the right crowd, right? So, and, uh, you know, and I would just make so much fun. And, and then it, over the years, I turned around and looked back on that history, and I'm thinking I was making fun of myself. I was making fun mm. of what I am, what we all are. And just because somebody did something really stupid with a crystal and a circle in the desert with a, you know, I mean, people get really mm-hmm. dumb about this stuff. Right. And, the, and I like that you said you're really practical about it because I know you would never be one of those guys with all that stuff around your neck and you're, you know, <laughs> chanting everything and all that stuff that really has given spiritual practices a bad name with people who would otherwise, like me, I don't know how much sooner I would have been brought into the fold had I not really had a really strong dose of that anti-woo-woo stuff from people I respected and people I followed and listened to blindly. And uh, it really kept me in the dark for many, many years longer than probably I should have been. And uh, so, yeah, I get that. That's, that's kind of that's nuts that, you know, everybody's really keeps, us, keeps everything separate in that way. And I think it was probably because in America, <laughs> separation of church and state, and people grew up knowing that. You had a civics class. You know, the church is over here, and that's just spiritual. And this over here, this is science and government and, uh, and the economy and stuff mm. like that. And then over there, there's all of that stuff. And we've been, we were born into a system that keeps those things, or at least prides itself on thinking it keeps those things separate. Now, how could that have had an impact on all of us who were kind of, flying blindly along so and and really keeping those separate and not keeping them together not realizing that they really are all part of one system well you know i think there was a time when that was probably part of humanity's development so if you you think of that like uh if you want to prune a plant to get it to grow in a certain way you have to cut certain things off and then other parts grow more in the same way i think humanity kind of pruned themselves and in the West, we got very technological. Other places, you know, went more, you know, um, mystical, if you will, or spiritual. No, I mean, I think it's all spiritual. Um, but I think we're in a time in human history where people are, are bringing it all together. Uh, the Dalai Lama, who I've, I've been lucky enough to have two empowerments from him. And the Dalai Lama wrote a book called The Universe in a Single Atom. And it's his attempt to start bridging the gap between spirituality and science because he loves science. He's always loved science. Mm-hmm. And he thinks that, that, sci- that spirituality needs to be changed by science. And he thinks that science needs to be changed by spirituality. And, but I, 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 as somebody, an old researcher, it makes me crazy. How, uh, there's this belief out there, a superstition, that there isn't good research on energy work and healing and telepathy. There's incredible research on it, and um, oddly enough, a ton of it's done in Russia, and it gets published. In the U.S., um, the, the mainstream uh, scientific journals and stuff, you look, they're like every other human endeavor. They're prejudiced, and they're afraid, and when there's good research done on these things, they're afraid to publish it. I mean, 
Rupert Sheldrake, who's a professor, was a professor in, in Cambridge, I think, or Oxford. Um, he, he, he even go on YouTube, uh, Rupert Sheldrake, and he talks about some really great experiments proving uh, that, that energy work is real, that telepathy is real. That, and um, he did a TED talk on it, and it's very solid. And as in, like, I'm very critical of research, and it's really good research he's talking about. The TED people banned it because they don't they don't like anything woo woo. And um, even though it wasn't woo woo, but the thing I want your listeners to know it's like people go me, oh, you believe in invisible energies that affect us, and I'll go, you don't. And they'll go, no. And I'll go, so how do you deal with gravity, magnetism? If it wasn't for their invisible magnetic field, we'd be like Mars. We wouldn't have an atmosphere. We wouldn't have water that were protected by this invisible magnetic field, they still don't really understand gravity. Um, you know, they've recently proven their gravity ways, but they still don't really get it. And it's just invisible. So, you know, and science has proven that the human body has lots of energy fields. So, I mean, this isn't, you know, when people go, there's no proof of it, it makes me crazy. Because there's actually ton, if you actually investigate, my, my, my favorite thing in it, and then I'll get off this, but, they can do what's called a double-blind experiment. In a double-blind experiment, the subject and the person doing it, neither of them know what's go- why they're doing what they're doing. So there can't be a placebo effect because they don't know what, what's happening. And they'll hook somebody up to uh, medical instruments to measure their physiological responses, and they'll have a technician running it. And again, the subject and the technician, they don't know why they're hooked up to these things. And they'll have somebody in the next room or 100 miles away or 1,000 miles away start sending healing energy to the subject. And the medical instruments will, will start changing their readings. Their physiological responses will change. And this has been repeated in many, many places over and over again. You know, so, so you know, that's just one example of very solid research that, you know, that not that everything woo-woo is real, but that, the base of it is definitely real. Yeah. Well, anybody who has a background or a passing interest like me, I have no certifications, but lots and lots mm-hmm. of uh, genuine interest in science and yeah. uh, has run across the story or, or come up with their own idea about once you learn about how we developed our senses and how incredibly mm-hmm. limited they are based on, the tiny little spectrum of the whole spectrum of light that we can see and, uh, and all of the other things that are very limited. We, we like to pride ourselves in the fact that whatever we see, hear, taste, touch, or feel is real, mm. and whatever we cannot, any of those things, is not. <laughs> and it's really weird that humanity could even come up with technology to land on the moon or create an iPhone with that kind of attitude, but we have. I mean, it's just insane, mm. really, because – Who's to say just because you can't see something with your eyes, it doesn't exist? Well, that's yeah. nuts. I mean, you could we could sit here and come up with 42,000 more examples right out of our hip before we ever had to yeah. Google something. Uh, of, of, <laughs> and so I think, you know, probably this is crazy to tune in right now to Leverage Masters as a business owner going, what the heck are these guys talking about? But the thing is, I'm with you on this. I love the bridge between – you know, the stuff we do for business and the things that we mm-hmm. have to do to, uh, you know, uh, make ourselves successful and, and find pleasure in life and, and uh, reward and all of that stuff. Well, we, ha- we do that through business now. For some reason, that's what yeah. everybody decided. You and I popped out into that world. We had no choice. <laughs> we probably would have made this world a completely different thing with a completely different economic system mm-hmm. and everything else, but we didn't have a chance nor did anybody else who is listening right now. <laughs> uh, so the, we, we were born into the world we were born into, and then we were told that everything that you can perceive is real, and everything that you can't, mm-hmm. eh, maybe, maybe not. <laughs> and uh, and yeah. so then, you know, dummies like me 10 years ago would say, oh, you big woo-woo, uh, to everything. And I, I look back and I'm like, oh, I feel so much pity for that guy because that's just about as closed-minded yeah. as people can get and cocky. My goodness. Yes. Uh, but isn't that true for <laughs> people's businesses? Yeah. Like when you're helping people with, with, uh, with all of this stuff, and I won't characterize mm-hmm. it. I know you characterize it much more perfectly than me. But when you're helping people with businesses, 
helping entrepreneurs succeed. How much of this comes into play? And maybe we can take everybody's uh, disbelief right now right back to the practical why we're talking about this. Because how much is that really present in people's, you know, people saying to you, I need help with my business, I need, I need help with this, I need help with yeah. that. And you're trying to help them, but, but you realize right there that they're very, very limited in the scope of what they're willing to believe you can show them, what they can see, and what they can accomplish and do based on whatever patterns and things that they came to you with. I mean, you have to deal with that with practically every client you get, right? Oh, yeah, a huge number of them, you know, particularly in the corporate world. So what you're saying is exactly correct. And, like, why does this matter for business and why does this matter for leverage and entrepreneurs? And there's – let me give several answers to that. And I want to start by saying – I love people being skeptical. I'm a skeptical person. I was a researcher for 11 years, you know, it's, but there's a difference between being skeptical and being closed. And, and I'll tell people in my programs, I actually make them take a pledge at the beginning. If there were more time, I'd have everybody do it now. And I make them take a pledge not to believe me. You know, my goal is for people to get more in touch with their own inner wisdom and their own spiritual information my goal is to people explore and discover and, you know, and get out of our, our, our limiting beliefs and start seeing how things really work. And, you know, the most, uh, many of the most successful entrepreneurs are because they challenge beliefs and not just entrepreneurs. The, the reason Toyota and the Japanese car companies were able to kick Detroit's butt when Detroit was the premier auto manufacturing place in the world if they challenged all of Detroit's beliefs about how you make a car, then they, you know, I'm not going to go into the details now, but they, they, I used to do a lot of work in Michigan and they, they challenged everything that all the experts in the U S said was true. And they, and they managed to come into the country that was the car capital of the world and dominate for many years. Um, and it took years for the car U S companies to catch up. So it's critical in any business that you're able to challenge your beliefs and how this ties in to the, to the spiritual aspects, the energy work is, is a, is a rule that's about 90% true. At least any problem that any of your listeners um, and the people listening to to this session, um, any problem that you've had that you haven't been quite able to solve either it's gotten better, but it's not, gone or you can't get it better it's probably got either a spiritual or energetic origin and the reason you can't solve it is you're going at it only through logical or psychological ways and sometimes that's exactly what you need is is logic and sometimes exactly what you need is is psychological techniques or i would say even better uh nlp neuro linguistic programming techniques which are again very logical and and work with how we think and, and how you, you rapidly can make personal change and, and overcome unconscious programming. But we don't just have unconscious program. We, were, we are also programmed energetically. When you were in your parents' womb, your mother's womb, not your parents' womb, when you were in your mother's womb, your parents were programming you energetically. You know, they didn't know it, but that's part of their programming. And if you think about it, it's the role of parents to program their kids. You, you can't exist in a tribe or a village or a city or a society without being programmed. You'll, you'll either, you know, accidentally get killed or you'll run afoul of people. We all have to be programmed. And the people that listen to a show like this, you know, are, are now people that want to be authentic. They want to bring out their full potential in they have to start challenging and changing that programming, not because it was bad or wrong, but because it's old and limited. And you can do some of that psychologically, but some of it exists on an energetic level, and it, it's literally it's filling people's energy fields. And so any emotional state, and, and people in business, you know, <laughs> plenty of entrepreneurs, you know, as you know, you have a lot of emotions. And Mm-hmm. anxieties, the fears, a lot of that won't be the person's energy. 
so for years I, I would do NLP help people uh, deal with emotions that were getting in their way and with a lot of success. But when I added in the energy component, it like turbocharged it. It took it to a whole different level because some of it, so let's say when you were in your womb, one of your parents or sibling or an uncle or aunt was really, really anxious and you absorbed that anxious energy. You can be 50 years old and go, I'm anxious. I'm always anxious. I've always been an anxious person. I don't know why I'm anxious. I've, I've been through therapy in 30 years, and, and I handle it better, but I'm anxious. It's just who I am. Well, it's not who you are. People aren't intrinsically anxious, but they've either got unconscious programming or energetic programming, or can even get into things that, that called spiritual contracts, and the karma. It can get to a... a it's not that it's hard, but it can, it can get complex. <laughs> and, um, and so what I, I'd like your listeners to start being open to is that if they've worked on something and they can't get a handle on it or they've hit a, a ceiling, maybe it's not just all their conscious and unconscious mind. Maybe there's something else going on. And I've been doing this work for 33 years. And I, I can tell you when people get energies that aren't really theirs, finally out of their energy field, their lives skyrocket in, in, you know, in, in, in many aspects of their life, including their work, their business, their enjoyment of it, the way synchronicities, the way things seem to quote unquote magically happen. Um, all of that increases when you also work with energy. The other thing, and if I'm not making this too complex is on an energy level, we're all interconnected. And it's funny, even people who don't believe in any woo woo, I've read studies in the UK and the US, 70% of people feel that they've had a psychic experience or they know somebody that has it. They're sure that somebody knew something they couldn't possibly have known. You know, you just knew somebody was sick or, you know, just something of no logical reason or you just met somebody and you knew they were going to be important in your life or you met somebody and you knew to keep away from them. You just knew it. And, you know, there can be unconscious factors in that, but often it's because we're all broadcasting, receiving energy all the time. It's, it's part of our nature. And when you recognize that we're connected in that way, then coincidences, synchronicities go to a whole different level because you're actually on a, uh, a level beyond your consciousness communicating with people and, and creating relationships and connections. And it's, it it'll it takes a business and just moves it up to a whole other other level. Well, if that got too cerebral for listeners, maybe we can help them out yeah. a little bit. Can you give an anonymous example of where this was precisely the problem that one of your clients had? That everything else on paper, all of the mechanics and everything else were really in good shape, and it was an energetic situation. Uh, and what happened for them? Well. Yeah, I'll give, I'll give a few different examples. So back during, um, what was it, 2008, when, when you know, people were losing their houses right and left, um, I, I started teaching a training program, and three of my students, it was absolutely for sure they were going to lose their houses. Um, you know, there just was no way out. And, and they totally believed that. Well, we did techniques to clear their energy, to clear the programming that was, um, people have a lot of punishment programming and, and struggle and suffering programming in them that, that it's kind of passed down from ancestors and religions and all kinds of places. And we cleared that and those three people, all of them saved their houses and all of them came in absolutely sure they wouldn't. Um, uh, a, a client of mine recently who, um, outsources HR um, uh, to corporations um, and uh, HR functions. And uh, uh, her business was kind of puttering along and we did energetic NLP processes to, to change the, the spiritual and energetic uh, blocks that were in the way. And now her problem is she's too busy and she keeps hiring people. And I mean, and that happened within a couple months. You know, I mean, it, it started almost immediately. Um, I was working with an actress in England who's starred in a number of TV series in, in England and stuff. And 
you know, very successful ones, some of them. And um, uh, she wasn't getting any work and and no offers, no offers, no offers. And we worked on it, and the, the next day an offer came in that was for her favorite, uh, one of her favorite shows. Um, if anybody's listening from the U.K., Doctor Who, you know, it was a part on the Doctor Who mm. show. And it, it ended nice. up, you know, full disclosure, it ended up she didn't really like the part, didn't think it was a great fit for her. But, I mean, she's going – you know, I can't get any leads, nothing's happening. The next day, boom, she gets this call, you know, and, and it was completely out of the blue and, and it was her favorite show. And while, yeah, it wasn't. And, um, and she also got offered to have a, a leading role in a Broadway play. Again, she turned it down. She didn't want to move to New York, but, um, uh, but just things started happening. Um, and th- there's lots of examples hmm. like that where just there'd be these very immediate and sometimes it's not that dramatic so much as the person just goes, you know, my attitudes have changed and I'm, I'm attracting different people. I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying my work again. I felt stuck. Things are moving. Um, so sometimes it's, it's, you could call that smaller, though I still think that's big. And sometimes it's very dramatic kinds of examples. Um, uh, I've had a lot of people tell me they lived in, in terror about their finances and then they they were able to go to a place of feeling powerful and confident. And, and um, I'm not saying that for, for them everything magically came together, but they went from being scared rabbits to being, um, uh, <laughs> they give a good example, not, not predators, but they, but they got powerful and active. <laughs> yeah. Well, lots of times people don't want it to silver platter in front of them they just want the chance yeah. to be the person that they think of themselves as always wanting to be that, you know, that strong and they can go out and catch their own fish, right? Just give me the pull, yeah. give me the ability to be that strong. And I don't have to have a, a gig right away or anything else. I'll be able to go and attract that. And uh, I, I totally get that stuff. And, and I think you have to live a certain amount of time. At least I did. And, and I, I'm, I talk to lots and lots of people who it seems are, uh, you know, have made their discoveries of this magnitude much later in life than any of us would really like to, you know. Mm-hmm. And we probably knew all of this stuff when we popped out. It's just that we get deprogrammed from what we know, and we have this memory problem, and we don't ever really know what we're, where we came from, or we do, but for some stupid reason we're born without the ability to communicate. So by the time we are... <laughs> we forgot. <Yeah. laughs> Plus, everybody's wagging their finger in your face. Nope, you don't do that. And this is the church we go to. You're a Presbyterian. Yeah. And it's like you don't even know to say, what if I don't want to be? You just follow whatever, you know. It's a funny little design, this whole human experience. <laughs> but I think when oh, people yeah. start questioning these things or start hearing anybody like us talking about it, um, you know, and really listening uh, you know, it starts to open doors where they start immediately to see things differently all around them, like, and questioning mm-hmm. things. Who's these two guys on the radio questioning this stuff? I mean, I've got stuff to do. I've got things to do. I, I can't figure out why right. I'm not getting them done the way I want to. I'm, I can't figure out why I'm not at this big benchmark breakthrough in my business that I thought I would be at six months ago. I can't figure those things out. I need to go figure those things out. Why am I listening to these guys? Well, Maybe you're here for a reason. Maybe because mm-hmm. you've been knocking your head against the wall so much with the limited amount of resources that you have to deal with the problems or the issues or the growth or whatever it is that you're mm-hmm. dealing with in your business. Maybe you're on this call today. Maybe you're listening to us today because of that. Maybe Art is the guy you needed to hear today. Yeah, you know, I, I, I do believe that. I think that um, – uh, Again, since we're all interconnected on on a lot of levels, that you know, I mean, a lot of people have had the experience. They just pick up a book and turn to a page, and all of a sudden read something and go, "Oh my God!" You know, you know that that we are guided to what can take us further. I, I want to say too, for people that are open to to spiritual aspects of business and energy aspects, um, we get stuck too, and there's a lot of um, I think well-meaning but limited ideas um, that we have. And at the beginning it was mentioned that one of the things that I stress is called 
whole being permission or whole being uh, congruence. Yes, I was going to ask you about that a little bit more. Yeah, and it's um, often people, you know, they'll they'll see something like that, read something like The Secret or see the movie and go, if I just visualize what I want, it will happen. You know, and sometimes it does. Um, I remember I first heard about that when I think I was 23 or 4, and I was going to this big club. It was the hot club in San Francisco, um, uh, you know, where all the gorgeous people went and stuff. And I thought, oh, I'll go. And I heard about this visualization thing. And I, and I, while I was driving there, I thought, okay, well, what would be the perfect evening? And I made up this complete fantasy experience, and it happened, exactly. <laughs> and, and it was, you know, I'm, I'm, later I'm thinking, God, that's so amazing. Now, did it happen all the time in the future when I tried it again? No. You know, so a lot of people that are into visualization and some of the spiritual techniques, um, the, the question becomes, why does it work sometimes and, and, and why does it not? Uh, I remember one year I, I had never made above six figures in my business years ago, and I just made up a number. And I, and that's almost exactly what I made that year. And, um, you know, and I was so shocked at the end of the year, like, oh, my God, that was now. But again, it doesn't always work. And it's because even on an energetic spiritual level, it's more complicated than that. And we're not operating out of one set of agendas. So your physical body has a set of agendas. And some of the listeners like there are people who are really in touch with their body and when they decide what to eat, they, they really check in with their body. Like what food do I need? And, um, and I know people who eat that way. It's amazing. Um, cause they're just so in touch with their body or people that wouldn't miss their yoga or their exercise stuff. Cause they, they respect the agenda their body has. Then there's your, un- your conscious mind. And that's the agenda is what we would say that we want. And sometimes there's even conflicts, even consciously sometimes we want opposite things. And that's called an incongruence or, a, or internal conflict. Our unconscious mind in the NLP, the Neuro Linguistic Programming Model, has um, a lot of parts is the term they use. And NLP is also very practical. And where it came from, uh, again, it's neuro linguistic programming. And part of it is you listen to the words people use is a way to understand how they're structuring their internal mental experience and how that's either making them happier or more successful or getting in the way. And the people who started NLP back in the 70s noticed that people were always talking about parts of themselves, like part of me wants a secure job, part of me wants to start my own business, part of me wants to be really successful, part of me is afraid of the responsibility, part of me wants to make a lot of money, part of me thinks I won't know how to handle it or people will take advantage of me or I won't know who my friends are. I was talking to an actor here in LA uh, Sunday and he was talking about, yeah, you guys are in the acting business. You're never quite sure if somebody's really your friend or if they see you as a possible opportunity. (laughs) And, um, um, uh, and what they realized and, and is it, it's like the unconscious mind has different aspects of itself. And, a lot of people are familiar with inner child work. It's more like inner children. And, you know, there's the, the scared three-year-old. Maybe there's the fun-loving six-year-old. There's the 11-year-old who's unsure about puberty. I mean, the, 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 these, the thing about the unconscious mind is this phenomenal learning machine that never forgets. So these things get programmed in, and they can still affect us later in life. So your unconscious mind has a whole set of agendas. So your body has agendas. Your unconscious mind has agendas that are often in conflict with one another. Your conscious mind has one or more set of agendas. But then what people, and even people that know that, they don't realize their soul has, an, has agendas for them. And their spirit has agendas for them. And I don't know if I want to take the time right now to explain the difference between a person's soul and a person's spirit. But... Let me just say, at the level of a person's soul, it's kind of like our, our, our conscious and unconscious mind. Our souls can have issues and concerns and fears where our, our spirit 
the spirit aspect of us doesn't have that. And I discovered this years ago, I'd be working with somebody and consciously they'd be yearning for business success or love or health. And then maybe their unconscious mind, part of their unconscious mind was in the way and we'd work on that. But then sometimes it still wasn't okay because their soul would have something else in mind. And whole being uh, permission is when your body's giving permission for something. Your unconscious mind's giving full permission. Your conscious mind is giving full permission. Your soul is giving full permission. And your spirit is giving full permission. And when people, uh, and it's not like you're permanently in or out of that state, but when people have full being permission about an aspect of their life, in this case, their business, again, your attitudes are different. Things flow uh, you enjoy your work more. Synchronicities happen. Um, I'm sure a lot of your listeners realize they sometimes hit limits. Like you hear people go, I never make more than $50,000 a year. It's weird. I mean, my business is different every year, but I never make more than this. Or if I make more than this, I end up, uh, my car breaks down or something happens. So I end up back at that yeah. level. I, I don't know if you've ever noticed that. We have these internal levels set, and they can be set in the unconscious but they also can be set in the soul or um, and then the last aspect of it, because we absorb energies from other people, other people's energies have their thoughts, programs and emotions in them. So you may be totally open to something, but you may have absorbed family programming that goes, Oh, we shouldn't be better than anybody else. Or we're always just working class or we're not business people or nobody in the family is ever successful. Um, so I remember my mom used to talk about how her father was, you know, a wonderful man and a terrible businessman, you know, and, and that kind of programming in the family kind of thing. Um, so when I work with people, and, and it's not as hard as it sounds, um, it just take, it, it can take a number of sessions, but we get everything aligned so that they're they really can maximize more and more of their potential, more of their authenticity, more of their joy, and and create more wealth and abundance, and hopefully because they're doing more good in the world. Well, now, this depending on who's listening and the context and everything else, that whole body thing, whole being thing, sounds... Okay, yeah. Scary when you start. What's that? No, I, I disagree with your whole being. Yes. Uh, go oh, on. Whole being. Go on. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's scary as crap, Art. I mean, you just said. So a lot of people are walking around going, "Yeah, I'm kind of into this. I heard about there's this art guy out there who can tell, yeah. t- you know, talk you through some things and everything." But then you just now broke down something that to me gave me a little bit of the chills because what I what the way I reacted to that was. So I have to deal with all these people. I have this massive committee of energies that, uh, and, and, and states and everything that I have to get all in alignment to. So I know that it's not that scary. I feel that, you know, it just was that little lizard brain reaction mm-hmm. to, you know, bring that up just in case anybody else had that. And I know that you do sessions with people and everything else, but my listeners will never forgive me and Gina if we don't, get a little bit of satisfaction here before the show's over. Like, how do we, how should we feel about that uh, outside of, you know, coming to your site and checking you out or whatever? Is there yeah. anything we can do to start thinking in a, in a way that could be not in this fractured state of crap. I'm never going to get all those people in line. I thought it was just me and I can't get myself in line. How am I going to get all these other things? Is there anything you can help us with there? Yeah. And first let me say, it's kind of like, when somebody, you know, people are more familiar with unconscious blocks. They're there and they're limiting your life whether you know about them or not. So it's better to know that they're there if you have a way to deal with them. None of these things are hard to deal with. Um, it, it's just a matter of, of, of being shown how to, to deal with it. And um, so I can understand your reaction, but it actually gets it can be a lot of fun. It's fun to work with all this because you feel every little piece of it, you improve, you feel better and your life gets better. So it isn't like you have to reach this end goal of perfection. There's, there's a reward for all the improvement. Now, one of the things in this, well, weird, some of your people out, 
that I that I specialize in and, and I teach other people to do because everybody can do it is remote energy work. I, I spoke earlier about you know the scientific tests where they had people send healing energy. I could give people a quick um, experience right now of it that would help them clear some of their blocks, but just to give them a awesome. taste of it and some benefit, um, if that would be okay. Yes, absolutely. This will be okay. a leverage so master's first. <laughs> okay. So I, I, a couple things I have to say to people. If you're listening to this when you're, while you're driving, turn it off. Um, whether you believe this is real or not, th- this kind of energy work causes people to start going inward. You don't want to be going inward when you're driving. Um, and I won't give my whole set of usual explanations because of the, the time limitations. But I want to say to people, you don't need to believe anything. This isn't faith healing. All you need to do is be openly skeptical. Is to go like, yeah, yeah. It may be like for people who've never had acupuncture, like, yeah, I don't know if there's anything to this, but I'll give it a try. So, so that's that's all they have to do. And then, and consciously they do though have to give uh, uh, me permission to do this with them. And when I do this with them, and and again, I'm not going to explain how this works. Their inner wisdom and their spirit will <clears throat> be in charge of what happens. So my job is just to get the energy flowing. Their own inner wisdom and their own spirit will decide what programming to release as we go through this. So does that make sense? Yes. Okay. So then, again, if you're driving, turn this off. Remember, you can listen to it online later. Uh, it, it's really not safe to do while can you're I driving. Can I continue pacing? Oh, you can, yeah, you can pace. You can move, you can okay. pace. So uh, I would ask people to uncross arms and legs because the energy will flow better. And and to just treat this like if you were all five years old and I went, oh, we're going to run energy, you'd go, oh, okay, fun. You know, just treat it like that. And if it makes a difference in their lives, they'll discover that. So everybody, a couple easy deep breaths. And the energy is going to start working all over people's energy field, which is in your body and goes completely around your body, kind of like an egg shape. And some people like a little more structure. So for right now, if people focus on the top of their head going up about nine feet, three meters, we're going to concentrate the energy right now on clearing and working with that part of the energy field. And for those of your listeners that are familiar with chakras, or energy centers, um, a lot of them, they're not just in the body, they're above and below the body too. And the ones above the body completely control the whole parameters of your life. So right now the energy is coming through, guided by people's inner wisdom and spirit, and clearing and healing some of the programming that limits their business, their, their, both their, their, their synchronicity, their good fortune, their abundance and obviously we're not going to get everything done in one session but whatever their inner wisdom and spirit want worked on and while that's happening I'll tell people if you feel the energy that's great if you don't feel it it's great it really it doesn't matter whether you feel it or not it's just kind of more fun when you feel it and people in my training programs learn how to feel it but but you don't need to. It'll still work as long as you give it permission. Again, you have to give it conscious permission. And then right on top of the head is what's called the seventh chakra or crown energy center. That's full of all kinds of programming that limits our lives. So the energy is coming through to really clear and heal that programming. There's a big energy center in the throat, the fifth or throat energy center that goes from the base of the throat up into the head. And that has a lot to do with our ability to communicate, to communicate clearly and, uh, you know, and explain the benefits of what we're doing um, uh, to other people. So let the energy come in and really open up your ability to really speak from your heart, your mind and your gut and really entice people into your work and your business that it's appropriate for. 
so that you're really communicating energetically and through words, you know, the, the benefits that you're offering them. While all that continues, the heart energy centers in the center of the chest. And it has to do with a lot of things, including our ability to give and receive. And that includes your ability to receive success in your business and wealth and abundance and um, uh, acknowledgement. So let the energy come in, and, and, and including acknowledging yourself. And there's a lot of programming in the heart that tells us I'm not worthy, I'm not good enough, or uh, on and on and on, or I can't receive that much, I can only give. So let that programming be cleared. <clears throat> and it's all the programming's being cleared above your head, in your head, in your throat, in your heart. Your inner wisdom and spirit immediately replace the programming with your inner wisdom and your spiritual information, which will always be better than the programming, even if it's similar. So as soon as the programming is released, your inner wisdom and spirit replace it. The solar plexus is right below the sternum and uh, where your rib cage begins to divide. And that has a lot to do with your power in the world your power to do things, and your power to use your energy. Let the programming come in there and really open up people's ability to be powerful in their work. And while that continues, the base of the spine is the first or root energy center, and that has a lot to do with your relationship to the physical world, whether you'll let the world support you, whether you have to struggle or whether you can dance with the unfolding of life. And let the program be cleared and replaced there. And the energy is working throughout people's energy field, clearing old programming and replacing it right now with their inner wisdom and spiritual information. And I'm going to, we're near the last few minutes of the program, so I'm going to let the energy continue. And, um, and Jim, I know uh, you need to do however you finish this up. <laughs> Jack, I'm sorry. I know I said Jim. Um, awesome. Wow. That's really cool. I can I can picture myself being in uh, lots of work with you. Just, yeah. You've kind of got a vibe okay. that I can understand why you're very successful at this because uh, there are some people, though, they may have wise words and things to help us um, – Whatever their energy is, whatever their delivery is, there are people who are exactly not right for me, you know. And there might be somebody listening right now going, "Nah, Art's that guy. I don't know about. I, that's I don't." But for me, you yeah. you are you're an awesome dude. I really really enjoy this. Well, thank and you. I I really am sad that that we only have an hour because I could just keep going uh, forever. As you can tell, I really love this and I really think that everything that you talk about and everything that you help people with is absolutely, I mean, a foregone conclusion for real. So I don't know if you could be in a friendlier place or a friendlier environment to your, uh, to your work than this one. I would, mm. I would challenge anybody to be friendlier than me. <laughs> but awesome. <laughs> Thank you so much for being here. You guys can find out more about Art Geyser at energeticnlp.com. That's energeticnlp.com. Dot com, And I know that everybody's going to be running over there. Uh, really, really quickly, can you tell us a little bit about what we can expect? What's the first step with you? Well, if they sign up on my mailing list, and I, and I want to say I, I've been doing this work for 33 years, and I've been going through this wonderful period, and Gina's been a tremendous help in this. Um, it, you know, I'm, I'm rethinking my business. So they won't see a lot of offerings on my website right now. In a couple of weeks, I'll see a lot more. They can sign up as a JV if they want. Uh, I'm going to be doing a lot of online programs, and um, uh, and I, I work with people all over the world. I've just taken a, a break on things, so my website's a little out of date. Um, uh, but within the next week or two, there's going to be a lot of stuff on there. But if they sign up on my mailing list, they'll, um, uh, they'll get all that. And if they want to be an affiliate, fantastic. And um, I, I just want to thank you. I'm, I'm thrilled to be on the show. If people are listening to the recording, if you imagine the energy is flowing while you're listening to the recording, it, you'll feel it. Um, and I don't have time to explain how that works. And I'll keep the energy going for another five, ten minutes 
for the people that are listening live, if they want to continue to be in, have more work done, I'll keep that going. And I want really want to thank you and Gina. Fantastic to be on your show. You, you guys are doing such good in the world. I'm really honored to be part of it. And you'll be back well, we're in a honored couple to have of you. for part two when we have oh, you my- and your partner, Jeff Tambor, joining us on September 5th. And Jeff's amazing. That's great. I'm excited about it. And, of course, we are thrilled that Divizia will be able to help you get new JV partners as well, Art. Thank you Yay. so much for today's show. <laughs> and we will look forward to having you back in a couple of weeks. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye-bye. Tune in next week for another episode of Leverage Masters. And don't forget to follow us on Facebook on our Leverage Black Book page to keep up with the latest. We'll see you next time on Leverage Masters.